Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And as usual, I'm R. Neville Johnston. At least for today. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about attention. But before we get to that... Yeah, let's have a look at the Mayan calendar. And today in Mayan is... Lamont Tone 12, and Lamont is the tribe of the artist and tone 12 is very much a self-expressing tone. And it's the very, communication uh, tone, so it's a good day to let who you really are out. And it seems to have an element of organization that's uh, very beneficial. And it's, uh, I dedicate in order to beautify universalizing art, I still is, seal the store of elegance with the crystal tone of cooperation guided by universal fire. So that's a little bit of information about what today is. You may be able to translate this and recognize parts of your day today as uh, being spoken of in these particular <coughs> very eloquent sentences. Very much so. Well, the topic for today about attention, um, part, of, part of what we're going to talk about is human beings uh, perceived need, quote unquote, for attention. And I don't know if anybody else has noticed how much more people are craving attention, probably because there's YouTube and all these video um, things that people can get up, <coughs> get up uh, videos that they've recorded, and Facebook and various things like that, that people are getting hooked on attention. And it's getting to the point where there's nobody there's no audience anymore because everybody's performing, if you know what I mean. And it would serve us well to pay attention to that because the, the nature of craving attention is you will never get enough. No matter how much you crave, no matter how much you get, it will not be enough and you'll keep pursuing more and more. It's like a drug and it really is, it's a high. But the thing is, is for us to be balanced human beings, sometimes we are the audience and the listener, and sometimes we're the talker and the performer, and other times we're kind of out of the scene altogether, and it's important to keep the balance, whatever that means to you. Well, as always with the human race, we are in some particular part of a pendulum swing because of the opening of the web, because of the opportunity to get your particular... Um, madness, the carefully selected word, uh, to be viewed by hundreds of thousands of other people who are either themselves equally mad, in which case they'll compliment you on it, or far less mad than you, in which case they'll disapprove of it, or far more mad than you, in which case they'll disapprove of it, so that this uh, entire swing back and forth will eventually come to an end just out of the fact that it'll, it'll just get simply eaten up. And this is the desire for recognition, the desire for attention. And we are not brought up very well as far as that goes because we are brought up to crave other people's attention. And this is done from very early on. And the, the parents are very happy that the child is craving their attention until the child becomes a teenager, of course, and then is in total contempt of their attention. In fact, inventing a whole new language and finding uh, millions of different ways to avoid being detected by the uh, bill payers, which is the other word for parents. Now, yes. from yet a different point of view, where are we to bring up our children 
to be happy with, to be satisfied with their own attention. And so in the teaching of guilt that we've been doing for so many years on this program, a small child is there playing with their uh, dolls. They might be action figures or transformers or they might be Barbies or whatever it is. Uh, But this small child has invented and created this entire landscape of fantasy which the novelist would pay good money to have any one of the plots this kid goes through daily uh, just acting out with action figures. And this is not enough for the child because the phone will ring in the background and the child will peer from the illusion of their fantasy world to see some parent answer the phone and they'll go, ooh, mommy, daddy's paying attention to someone else. I cannot have this. I must have all of their attention because that's what I'm used to. And their attention, their fantasy world, vanishes because it's worth nothing compared to the attention of someone else. And this is, and this is the technical term, so you can write this down, this is fakakta. This is just simply not anything you go near. But we're brought up this way. So every one of us is starved totally for attention, but without any real recognition of the value of our own attention. And certainly we have gotten to the point where there's no one else home, and then we are slammed into having to pay attention to ourselves, to our world, to create that world again. I think the reason for this is that we look at feedback in our world to let us know that we're lovable. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just the way it's been. And so we're looking for that feedback. So we think that attention is the the superhighway to love and 100% unconditional acceptance. But attention really isn't the external kind anyway. It's the Mm -hmm. internal kind. And until we get out of the external validating reality, we're probably going to continue seeking that, that avenue. But I've even seen people sacrifice their integrity and maybe go to a workshop that somebody did, take notes, and then go and, and start teaching that workshop the next day because of such a craving to have that attention, like they're going to be left out or something like that. Well, throughout time, people that have been master imposters, and this is what we're talking about, uh, are realized to be people that do not like themselves at all. You know, any of the great uh, mysteries, great stories that have involved someone being a genius-level imposter, where you have always found someone that has extremely low self-esteem. So then we can just logically conclude that we, the human race, at this particular moment in the pendulum swing that we have been going through from the beginning of time, are at an extremely low level of Mm self-esteem, which is why people do totally insane things, absolutely demand that their buds um, video it, and then put it on. Do you have buds? I know. I was wondering what kind of buds you're referring to. Telepathic TV buds. No, telepathic TV buds. If you'd like to be one, give us a call. We'll set you up. We have a course Flower buds. Yeah. You could see it just endless. Okay, so insisting that someone film this so that everyone on the planet will take a look at them doing this insane thing. And if you've been to YouTube or any of this, 99.99999% of it is not worthy of your attention. It's just not. That's a point I I wish to share tonight because honestly, I don't understand 
why people would be reluctant to listen to shows like this that actually talk about things that are, to me, interesting and real rather than superficial. But you can get five million hits on some penguin falling over, over and over again Someone's or something like that. Someone stepping on a stink bug. Yeah, or something, yeah. some crazy thing where a guy is so... Yeah, Silly yeah. that he'd drive his bike up a ramp and then he flips oh, over. Oh, nut shots and are big. Yay, guy breaks arm. Let's all go watch that over and over and let's send it to all of our friends. Yeah. People talking about loving yourself unconditionally and really moving past this stuff, this illusionary stuff. Eh, nah, let's just, uh, let's just put that in the spam folder. And then for people to even comment that this stuff is nuts and they take their time and energy to comment how nuts this is. And yet these kinds of videos where reality shows where people are torturing each other are just fine. Let's not say anything about that. Better get some barbecue sauce on that. He looks like he's in pain. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, value. Mm-hmm. That, that is the thing. You've got to value yourself before you value things that value you. Yes, now what I'm talking about is that a person, just pretend for a moment that you could figure out what low self-esteem looks like. Now, what is valuable to you if you have very low self-esteem? Basically, drugs, anything that will anesthetize you, anything that will keep you from the movement forward. The idea of all of us do actually know the difference between right and wrong. Believe me, we all know the difference between right and wrong. And we all know to do the right thing, but it's rare that we actually do the right thing. Yeah, I know, I'm just saying that Right and wrong are such infantile values mm-hmm. that we all have them. It's, it's, it's a given. It's a normal. Okay, now, uh, the, before the point crashes. Oh, if you have very low self-esteem, recognizing something with value isn't going to happen because what you're actually looking for is something to keep you from thinking. And therefore, the web is just super saturated with uh, little placebo shots that keep you from uh, making any real progress, period. But it's a pendulum, so it's going to swing towards... Uh, years ago, the, since the show has been on for such a very long time, was, uh, is extremely valuable, is valued greatly, because every week we talk about something that's actually worth listening to, and I don't know how many people uh, get together to form groups to watch the show, because apparently whatever it is we talk about goes on for simply hours in conversation in groups. People have many, many, many times formed groups to watch this show. And we have our first caller. But did you want to make a point before? I do, but... um, Go ahead. Well, okay, if the caller can hold on just for a second. Just a moment. We have a lot of biology that comes with our our, um, physical body. And one of that is socializing becoming mm-hmm. a part of the social group because that's how we survived and we, we strove forward and we pushed forward. And I feel until we get to a level of consciousness, we always default to these primitive uh, tendencies. And one of the primitive tendencies is to get on board with others, even if others are doing st- silly, stupid things, whatever. That's my judgment, okay? It's not uh, a universal judgment. But it's preferable to get on board with that kind of stuff than to be caught alone and vulnerable. And then when we reach a certain level of spiritual um, openness and introspection, we see that that is really the thing holding us down from ascending. And then we have to go through our aloneness in order 
to reach our ascension. Okay? Yes. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, Evan Calling. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Okay. Good to hear Thanks from you. Thanks for hanging. Yeah, I, I just had a kind of a question somewhat related. Uh, if I sure. could use an example from work. Uh, I, I tend to uh, not be a, a social butterfly. I tend just to show up and do my work, mm -hmm. which uh, kind of creates unwanted attention. Yes. And um, I don't know. I've always found that, uh, I don't know, I've always been not really a social person, just rather do my work and go home. Mm -hmm. But um, that can be taken the wrong way. And yeah. I'd just like maybe your opinion on how maybe I could resolve that. And I'll, I'll just take the answer off the air. Thank you. And Thank you. Show. Thank you, Evan. That is such a brilliant call. Yeah, we'd because love to hear from you, man. I, you always have such the best questions. I tell mm -hmm. you, they're so wonderful. This is something that I talk a lot about in certain classes that I teach because I've lived through that. I've worked in offices where if you weren't the one sitting at the lunch table bad-mouthing people, <laughs> um, now not all offices are like that, but I, I think everybody probably has at least heard of an office like that then you are the one that's sitting at your desk eating alone that everybody's talking about. But there really is a third thing, and this is what I discovered, that when I chose to not sit with those people and I felt guilty about it or I started feeling like I was doing something wrong, that gave energetically them uh, a harmony to do that, to get that unwanted attention. But when I recognize that I have a right to do this, I'm going to go read my book, I don't have any harmony, I'm not resisting them, I'm not resisting my nature, then everybody just left me alone. And I've seen that repeatedly with a lot of people when they give themselves permission because it's the guilt and the shame or something that other people perceive and say, oh, they must be doing something to us because they're feeling guilty. Not, not consciously, but unconsciously they think that. Well, that's a very good aspect to open in this, but at first a little bit more of a direct uh, about the question that in front of us here. There is the uh, idea that, I'll uh, uh, let just laugh, let me just find one more second. Let me talk about the idea of validation, and that's what we're talking about here. Evan's question is, uh, how can I be valid in an environment where I'm being invalidated because I'm not doing what everyone else does? And that's very easy. To understand the low self-esteem is to understand that we are a very, 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 very guilty society. We have no idea how guilty we are. There's a thousand words that if you speak the word, I'll start to wonder what the person feels guilty about. Like if there's the idea of any sort of shame, which is pronounced sham, then their person is feeling guilty about something that happened uh, in their childhood. I'm still wandering around. I wanted to get to the point that um, value, validation, is an internal process, not an external process. And when you're in an environment where there's an external invalidating of you, then as a real entity, as a being who is not guilty, you simply know better than to be affected by this because not being affected by this is the right thing to do, is the thing that you do because you have integrity, is the thing that you do because you have character. And the moment that that pole shifts and you begin to act as a person who is self-validating, then others around you not only have to recognize you, not only have to see you, but they do, 
and they assign a value to you because you are the one who is not doing what everyone else is doing. And that's the way this has played out since the cave. When we were back in the cave, it was more clan, and there was the, you do have to eat, so the group has to cooperate in order to come up with enough food to feed the group. Now, that was, that, that was well before the invention of individuality. There was really one mind running the clan, just like um, a lot of animals are still hive mind animals. And we humans have gone beyond that, but this is the pendulum swinging. So this um, massive guilt available, this low self-esteem, is a form of the hive mind attempting to get you to behave in a certain way owing to your lack of self-esteem, your lack of internal validation. So if you are one that wishes to seek recognition, then you recognize you. You validate you. And then other people will do that. And I've always said I'm perfectly happy in what, you know, the only rule, uh, the only dress code in my life is, does it feel good? Well, yeah, I like that. Okay, there you are, a perfect thing to wear. No one else is doing that. So, and what about it? You know, the self-validation is what we're talking about, is how you get recognition. Well, thanks, Evan. Good question. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, our attention really is a very sacred thing. Our attention is so sacred that there really isn't anything else that we have. And so where we place it says a lot. And <clears throat> some, uh, my sister told me this uh, story one time she read in a file when she worked in the hospital that a doctor had written in the file of a person in a coma, lights on, nobody home. Now, it's a pretty common expression now. I was appalled, actually, when she first told me that, and so was she. But in a lot of ways, when we are not living behind our own eyes and minding the store, really, there are lights on and nobody home. It's because our attention is placed in the editor or in the judger. And I've said many times on the show that we're either measuring or we are experiencing. And you can't do both at the same time. And if you are unhappy, you are in the measuring mind. And the measuring mind, by virtue, sets you outside of yourself. And so you're not even here. You're not in the front row seats of your own life, and you're not creating consciously. When we're craving attention, we are not behind our own eyes. And what we do is we sit and look through the eyes of everybody. Let's say you're on a stage doing whatever. And if you're not behind your own eyes, you're you're, you're acting out, but your attention is in the eyes of what is everybody thinking of me. Not only does that split your energy, but you don't really have any life force left coming out of your eyes. And that really is the secret to charisma and love, is to have that radiance of being fully present in yourself. So our attention and mastering it and pulling it back home because we love ourselves enough to love us, then it doesn't matter if anybody else sees us because our attention point, our point of perception, is not out there in the audience anymore. And that's uh, what I was uh, looking to impart with Evan as well, Mm -hmm. Um, that if staying at at work, if you're not looking through the eyes of someone else, in other words, not feeling guilty about who you are, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be present behind your own eyes. It's good for all of us. And this is the way this works, Mm -hmm. yeah. And to become the person that uh, behaves as though they are valuable 
and then other people regard them as valuable people. We had uh, last week talked a great deal about dreams, and it's uh, possible if anyone would like to call in with a dream that we can begin yeah, to discuss that. Dreams are a beautiful that. way to show where your attention really is placed Very, and where yeah. it could be placed. Mm -hmm. Your dreams give you a lot of information about that and helps you to process things. Honestly, the more we can get to being within us and the only thing that keeps us and makes us like blurry vision with ourself, it, our judgments, our perceived self-worth issues, which is what we've been talking about all night. Yeah. So you are valuable. You are worthwhile. You are indeed lovable. Can you say, I mean, 10 years ago you could ask, and it would be a serious question, can you say that you're lovable? Can you say that? I am lovable. I am lovable. Can you say this? I mean, this is a, a sort of a pulse point in the development of consciousness that you do have to recognize love in that way. Pardon the have to, but you serve yourself well to recognize love in that way. It is a form of self-validation. There are a phenomenal number of things on the web, in the media, everywhere, to invalidate you. They are unbelievably uh, insidious. They are all over the place. By the way, what's your credit score? You, what's the matter with you, your credit score? It's, you know, I have infinite credit. You know, chill, please, relax. You know, I am my own credit. How about that? Yeah? Uh, all of these things that well, are set up. if you live authentically, you don't require yeah, credit. At all. The metaphor of it. Or meta five. It's an inflation thing again. Nah, not in my world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've exactly. Three. All right. Mega two. There we go. Meta. Yeah. And that's another. The low self-esteem is an unbelievable um, detriment to our world. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, my name is Abby. I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. Abby. Oh, all right. Thank you for calling. Mm -hmm. All right. I've listened to your program before, and I want to thank you both for um, your consciousness-raising thoughts. I do have a dream, and um, I'll give you the specifics, and then hang up. And okay. Excellent. Abby, is the Is the volume too loud? Nope, no, perfect. we're doing good. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the dream was I was going back to my former college. It didn't look the same, but I was taking additional credits. Mm -hmm. um, we were walk. I was walking over to the school, and the front entrance was through a large hole in the ground. And the person that was guiding me um, was crawling into the hole, and I says. I can't do that, and my luggage won't fit either. So we took the long way around to the back of the building um, because the back faced the bay. We walked through many rooms, and they took me to this tiny little room um, with bad closets, <laughs> and one side of the room um, was separated from the other with a curtain. And I felt appalled by the accommodations. So I thought to myself, um, well, I can leave at any time. So then it goes to the next day, and the next day I go out to the bay, and I'm walking down the dock because I understood that breakfast was probably being served on a ship. And as I'm walking down the dock, the water is calm, and I see this uh, snake-like dragon form in the water. It has a large round body with 
dragon wings and a dragon face, and it's slithering along. And then the next scene, I'm walking in the shallow water up towards the shore, and it's past. And it's going uphill, and I'm walking barn. And we go through this very Music muddy, dirty uh, corral that us go through, and then I'm into the barn. And the barn is very dark with a lot of, it's like a maze. It's like well, a I tell you maze. what, let's stop here because if it gets too long uh, about what we're interpreting, it will be, but you had a really good um, segue point for us to at least look at that segment and then maybe continue on with the other segment. Now, you said you saw a dragon because you also, your voice um, faded in and out for a second. There was a dragon yes. in the water? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's the unconscious, the... Anything under the water is what's going on in your unconscious mind, for example. So a dragon is, in other words, there's an unconscious fear. Let me just do a little bit of this and you do a bit more of it. Uh, if you're going back to college, and I believe we've all had that dream, that's uh, going back to school dream, uh, and I've had that on dozens of occasions. I always went all the way through school and right on the very day of graduation I would realize that I had already done this and that I was dreaming it. So maybe there's a similar thing in there. But the, the back to college um, for additional credits is very accurate. There were experiences in college that took years to develop to the point that you could change them from knowledge into wisdom and from wisdom into evolution. So that's what's going on in, in the first part of that, that you're back there reviewing things that had happened for you to get them up online in your current life. Well, one of the things I was getting from that, and it was, it's a great dream, by the way, and uh, I think the whole dream is going to uh, prove to be very interesting. Well, the fact that you had to go through a hole in the ground to get to this college, I feel, is saying that you're entering a time in your life where you're going to do a lot of introspection and go into the core of you into the ground, into the grounding, um, into the subconscious mind, and doing a lot of rewriting. And the fact that you could not get in there with your luggage, your baggage, is very telling. Because we really can't go on those inner explorations with us if we take our baggage with us. That's why in the Toltec belief system that uh, the warrior must erase personal history before they can move forward on their spiritual path. And so the fact that you had to go around and a roundabout way in order to accommodate your luggage or your baggage and that the accommodations therefore were very uncomfortable is showing you when we hold on to things that no longer serve us it does make us uncomfortable and that it does take some bold um, courage to leave our baggage at the door of ourselves because we get tricked into thinking that there's stuff in there that we're going to need and I saw, I wrote, when you said hole in the ground, I wrote W-H-O-L-E in the ground, hole in the ground. It was like you walking toward your wholeness and that you were going in there for additional credits. Um, and we had just gotten through talking about that, the credit within yourself and crediting yourself with things. And so that to me was saying self-love. And then walking down to the dock. Um, but um, yeah. should we go forward with that? Well, or just you have a few few more points in there. And the idea of the rugs being uh, abhorrent or whatever word it was, in thinking about that, I'm thinking the rug acts like a membrane uh, between the 
the rug is also a belief system and a membrane at the same time. And it was doing a very, like membranes, it was doing a very good job of filtering out um, parts of experiences that were going to delay you from getting the shining uh, brilliance of who it is you really are. And so the rug did a very good job of this filtering and therefore became filthy and, you know, undesirable thing to do. But then in thinking about the brain overall, where is the rug in the brain? Well, that's got to be at the very bottom of it. That's got to be at the very deep. So I think that was yet another um, exploration of the um, uh, deep psyche, um, just like the hole in the ground. And that the room opened up onto the bay. Now, a bay as Before a... Before we get to the bay, can I just say one more thing sure. about the room? Mm-hmm. Um, also, the, I just heard the phrase, if I don't let go, it's curtains, because of the curtains in that room, mm-hmm. separating the two rooms, the duality of the two rooms. Mm-hmm. Okay, now the bay. Well, what does a bay symbolize? Things are held at bay, uh, and that's a good enough one for what I want to paint pictures with. And so the... The going back to school, that entire thing, those were held at bay for years. All of the, uh, I remember I I went through high school all the way to the day of graduation and realized I've already done that. So this holding back this part of you. So Abby, I'm saying this is the point at which you're able to begin to open uh, yourself to a much higher level of awareness, a much higher level of uh, consciousness as a direct result of the work you've been doing. And these are the extra creds you were talking about. Yeah, and also just um, the water and the the dragon being Mm -hmm. um, her power, the power of emotion. It is a great power, our emotion. We just have to understand it and become bigger than the emotion so we can drive it. So if anything, holding the emotion at bay and mm-hmm. that there's not really anything to be afraid of. And going down to the dock, I don't know, I, I, I just heard the, the word DOC, like doctor. You meant mm-hmm. the healing, going past the healing, and you find that there's a great power in the healing. And to look at cir- circumstances with emotion. Uh, everybody always gives the advice, oh, look at it without emotion. Pan back and see the bigger picture. But there are as many, if not more, instances where it serves us better to look at it with emotion and that is love from within ourselves, and we start seeing a much bigger picture. But yeah. thank you. Wow, what a great dream. Yeah, oh, totally. Abby, we'd love you to call whenever you would like to. This was an excellent Yeah, do we have another caller process. waiting by chance? Do you want to... Yeah, um, the, just the note on the barn, the dark barn in the dream. Yeah, and a barn is a place of storage, a place of processing, a place at which things cure. And so I think the dark barn, the barn was the same dream. It was like uh, reset and the symbols had transferred, but the meanings would be very similar. In other words, like going back to college for extra credit. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what a barn is. It, it does that. It gets yeah. the credit and out of... And sometimes it's regret because you left, like, leave barn door shutting open. the bar- barn doors after the horses left. And so it's about forgiving yourself for letting emotion out. Yeah. Well, thank you. Excellent dream. We have another caller. Yeah. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, Hi, Mary. Hi, Neville. This is Neha calling. Oh, hi, Neha. Neha. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. How about you? Good. Good, thanks. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to um, get your thoughts on 
on breathing and the breath and how it relates to spiritual awareness. Uh, things like, you know, the alternate nostril breathing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, number one, uh, there's a, a lot of levels to it. Breath is a very, very sacred thing. It's also, um, when, depending on the breath and the amount of oxygen you have, it really causes the body to vibrate differently. In other words, there's going to be a million answers to this question, and they're all true. Another factor that ties into like the alternate uh, breathing, the nostril breathing, or, or any of the other kinds of meditative breathing, is that it occupies the left brain. And the left brain is designed to keep running and churning whenever we're awake and figuring out things. It loves to do that. And when we do certain kinds of exercises like that, we honor our left brain because it is part of us and give it something to do. And so it then lets go of some of the suppression of the right brain. Because it's my theory that the left brain is the no and the right brain is the yes. And when in perfect balance, uh, there's a mastery there. Uh, but we are trained to have our left brain become no and, and judge, judge, and stopping us. So that's a good technique to getting the brain back into balance. And then there's... Uh, Meha, things. have you heard of the um, Merkaba? Merkaba, Merkaba? Um, yes, in fact, I've taken that workshop with you. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so that's, um, to me, a very demonstrative uh, form of breath, the Merkaba. And I noticed for uh, many years of having done Merkaba that uh, the, the point of focusing on your breath is to shut off the chatter that's in your mind. And once you can shut off the chatter that's in your mind, even if it is just for a moment, there is a, an opening there where uh, old text would say that God speaks to you. Perhaps more modern text would say that you get in touch with your actual soul. Uh, and I would say that this is a place in which you uh, direct connect to your potential, uh, to who it is you could become. So we do possibly daily, we do a breath exercise to keep, um, to get the monkey mind to quiet down long enough for us to actually hear, uh, to actually have a perception. And so I've been um, doing this for some time. I just got uh, a breakthrough where I was experiencing a waterfall from the water's point of view. And I found that the, um, the what happened was as the water was flowing down, the water actually stretched. Doing, it, it has, um, they, they say you cannot compress water, and they've got a point there. But there are, there are many, many different forms of water. And so in this exercise where I experienced being the waterfall and felt the stretch, but it was the stretch at the very top of the waterfall where the water which had been flowing in the river got stretched as it went down over the thing. And it, it just um, it set off a very pleasant reaction in my physical body, this concept. So there's hundreds of thousands of we have no idea what uh, that you can access through a conscious breath exercise. And then as you know about the Merkaba, uh, you can consciously travel uh, really throughout the universe. This entire experience of building the Merkaba around yourself. I teach a six-week course on uh, meditation uh -huh. where we go into hundreds of different styles and types of meditation. And it's really easy then to find one that 
helps you mm-hmm. to uh, calm, calm the mind by giving it something to do and then not paying attention to the mind. But yeah. there are a lot of avenues to breath. It's just a very sacred thing because the breath really is the bridge to the subconscious and the conscious. By controlling our breath, we can control the, is it the autonomic uh, nervous system, mm-hmm. the part of us that spontaneously breathes and, and our heart beats. This is a way to really get into the DNA, the, the mechanics of the physical body too. Mm-hmm. So in that way, it, it is seen on many, many levels as the link between physical reality and spiritual reality. Yeah, and the, very much. They, they say that the breath between breaths, like if you inhale and then exhale, and that pause before you inhale again are many shaman, shaman's deaths, like the yeah. shamanic death. Mm-hmm. That that's the shamanic breath is to, to uh, really get in there in between breaths. And you can do all kinds of very mystical types of traveling there. Yeah. So, yes, it's something that can be explored. And thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's just um, it's such um, an, a simple thing that we take for granted, but it's a sort of a magical thing, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank it's you. a great, great thing to bring up. Uh, in traveling through the dimensions via breath, which we do. I mean, that's another way of looking at this whole thing. Uh, it is sometimes very uh, stimulating for us to return to 3D. In other words, you're waking up in the morning and um, you're, you just really can't quite get awake. So if you will, at that point, breathe, uh, saturate your body with oxygen, uh, to, um, which I found is a byproduct of doing the Merkava breath the first thing in the morning. The body actually gets up on its own after it is charged uh, with oxygen. So if you are that sleepy, taking a few deep breaths, you know, the body will naturally yawn, uh, but to consciously take a few deep breaths to pull yourself back into 3D. Uh, really, it's a technique we can all uh, take with what us if we would like. What uh, do? Cigarettes are a joke, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, well, no, I'm just saying concerned. that that's one of the things I remember when I smoked. It was, yeah. I found that I inhaled deeper. Right. That was many years ago, and I'm very grateful that I don't, I haven't for a long time, because yeah. I feel so much better from it. But that, I realized that the cigarette enabled me to take deeper breaths, but mm-hmm. we can do that without it. Yeah, exactly. And then that satisfaction breath well, is uh, the idea of if you'll take what amounts to a um, cigarette, a puff on a cigarette with just your air, and let go with that pleasure, you can transmute your mood also. Your whole perception of reality could change, transformational. Mm-hmm. and um, It's a good thing. Yeah, whatever I call the particular breath. Satisfaction breath. Oh, yeah. may I um, just comment again? I know um, that a lot of the good and bad terminology has been used tonight, but I, w- I would like to explain that. Yeah. Because a number of people have asked me before, because we do say get be on the land of right and wrong and good and bad. But to me, it's a word used for two completely different definitions, which just is the nature of the English language. I like to say this is a preference of mine and this is not, because that's really the ascended version of good and bad. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that I resonate with that I prefer, that I like, that resonate with my harmony better. And so for the sake of just languaging and speaking to the mass populations, I may use the term, oh, that's good, I find that good. 
Now, if we are using it as a judgment, and a judgment is a preference that's externalized and placed upon someone else, or internalized and placed upon ourselves in an accusatory way, in a, in a, like, oh, no, this can't happen, now that's a completely different energy, yeah. and it sticks you, it freezes you. But understanding your preferences, I, I was shown in a meditation many years ago, I was holding this beautiful clear quartz ball that I had, and I was looking at it, and I was told that that's sort of how we are. There's not really a line around us that separates us from anyone else, but that the definition that makes us into that sphere are our, are our preferences. And so therefore, we are defined by our preferences. And most people live their whole life not knowing their preferences because they're so busy looking for what is popular to think, to get with the group, to yeah. buy the, the, the one accent wall of a certain color and to decorate like everybody else and to dress like everyone else, that nobody's really finding their preferences. And I found that such a catalyst to me in my evolution that I thought I would share that to people. Well, to as look the for your preferences. Yeah, as the consciousness grows, the judgmental good and bad really have no place, as you were saying, and I'm yes. agreeing with you. thank you for agreeing. And this process of the growth, the maturity of us, then, and that's what I was saying earlier on also, that um, good and bad in that judgmental thing, judgmental sense, is going away. And yet we still do have preferences. This serves me, this does not serve me. So it's yeah, very, it's exactly very, what I just said. I'm agreeing yeah. with you, so mm -hmm. that it's possible mm -hmm. uh, for us to just recognize that aspect of judgmentalism really. Exactly my point. Yeah. 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 And as soon as we as a group get it to the point that in the, um, in the futures, uh, there was a Star Trek episode where Ferengis were the people that crashed in Roswell. And the one Ferengi says to the other one, you know, these aren't like the humans we know. And the other one goes, yeah, we can really capitalize on these people. They'll believe anything. Let's start selling them cigarettes, you know, stuff like that. You know, so the, well, that was the episode, not my idea. No, I'm just... Uh, yeah, so this concept of... The concept of, yes, yeah. indeed. So, So our are, attention... Yeah, um, and... You know, this whole pay attention, pay attention, pay your bills. Mm -hmm. That pay attention. So yeah. you can choose where you place your attention. It is a perception point, and you can put it anywhere. And I say, why not right behind your eyes in this moment and really be able mm -hmm. to experience what's happening? And self-validation is the way of uh, life, along with the sacred and holy duck, is a way of life. So we'll experience the duck next. Here come the duck. Okay, I got laughter is complete rapture, vocalized. Oh, is complete rapture vocalized. Alison Kearney. That's great. A uh, quote from Vincent Van Gogh. If you hear a voice within that says you cannot paint, then by all means paint and the voice will be silent. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you. And so our... This mighty fine duck dangling. Yeah. This is okay. the latest um, affirmation that I'm writing is that uh, limitations 
are inspirations. All my limitations are my inspirations. If anyone's looking for mm. a uh, very affirming... Not have okay, we have a call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary. Hi, Neville. It's Katie. Hey, Katie. Katie. What can we do for you? Uh, I was just wondering if Mary could give me a reading. Sure. Um, my husband, uh, about my husband's career slash a job that we're waiting on and very excited about. Oh, oh good. okay. Excitement's good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I'll hang up and take it off the air. Thanks, guys. Okay, thank mm -hmm. you. Well, it's time for you guys to have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things very visible in your life. The awareness, this is peeking through a, a barrier, and I feel like just with what you guys have been through, that perhaps there has been a little bit of a, a you know, a fog around that you are now looking through and that awareness um, that it's not as bad or hard out there as it looks. The adventure implies that something new coming, again, that something was holding you back because it was a time of healing, and now it's time to take that step out there that this child had been afraid to take that step, but now once the courage has been there and gone for it and dared to dream and dream big, then it all opened up. And I also feel that that is um, Zachary standing in the background giving you love and please uh, intentions of moving forward and being happy and things like that. Now this card, the stress, now I, I would like to explain this, that the monkey is getting ready to pierce that bubble and the guy on it's juggling, oh my God, oh my God. When the key to everything here is just to get off the bubble in the first place. Then the monkey has no power. The juggling doesn't have to happen to try to keep the one on top of that bubble. And it's like popping any bubble of stress and that certainly we have those moments, but it's more to embrace it and say everything is going to be okay. And every time stress comes up, just do some breathing, some tapping, and just let it go because something wonderful is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Knock okay. that monkey right off that. Well, I'm going to knock that monkey right off of my bubble. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, Denise. Denise, what can we do for you? I'd like a, a, just a general reading, if I could. Yes, be most happy to. Okay, and the first card is experiencing. I love this card. It's so relaxing and meditative, and it reminds me of just, I don't, Neha, this card reminds me of you uh, somehow. But this is a card talking about what I was saying earlier about experiencing rather than measuring. And at some point you've made that decision that you would rather go walk through life and experience it rather than looking back on it and wishing you had done something different. And so now's the time to take that courage and go in directions that you may not have guarantees with just to see what might unfold and put yourself out there. This courage card confirms that everything is going to be okay when you do that. And sometimes things won't look the way you think they're going to look, but that they're still perfect for you and that we can't really go to new places unless we go into new rivers. And allow yourself to do that and be bold because lots of adventures to be had and I almost feel like traveling uh, is part of it. Thank you. Excellent. And we have our next... Uh... Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mina. Hi. 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 Mina, what can we do for you? <laughs> Just like a general reading and your okay. show is wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. 
I was thinking Neville was going to say something, so I was waiting. So that's the only reason we didn't speak. Okay. Mm -hmm. The first card, the fighting card. Fighting, people put up armor when they're fighting, and then there comes the day when it's time to take the armor down. And that's what I feel like is going on. And you can see the fighting going on in clouds in the background, which really represent our thoughts. So if there's something you've been kind of battling internally about, it's saying it's time to just set it down and take the armor. There's nothing to defend against. And just see what's really going on there. And by setting down the argument, you can make a more educated decision about what you would like to bring in your life. <clears throat> because you're entering into a time of not having to fight anymore and not having to have people walk all over you, but just to speak your truth, almost like what Evan was talking about earlier, and just speaking your truth and letting the world think what they think and being okay with it, and then they won't have their attention placed on you anymore. And the projections, um, are you, I don't know if you're still on the line, but if you've had any conflict with people lately, this is saying to, to really look at it again and come from a powerful place because the projections card talks about the things we project, our, our internal things we project on other people, but it also talks about other people projecting their internal fears onto us and not to pick it up and, and take it. If somebody snaps at you or is angry at you, don't take it personally because it's never really about you. And I, I just feel like you're, you're looking and defining your borders and your boundaries between you and other people so that you can um, live life easier and just more gently and not have to lug other people around with you. And hi, caller. What's your name, please? Oh, hi. This is Sandeep. Hi. Hi, Mary. Hi. Can I get a reading, please? Sure. Be most happy to. All right. The first card is the dream. I love this. I, I feel this is saying a couple things. One is that you are good at getting information through your dreams, so pay attention to that. And if you're not in a place where you're remembering them a lot to get more rest so that you can. But it's also talking about a dream that you may have had years ago that may or may not have happened, but that you're still holding on to it in a fixed way. So it's saying to let go of that and open your arms back up for that old dream to manifest in new ways in your life. This receptivity says also that if you open up that help and wonderful things can be coming from unlikely places. Whereas if you don't open up, you'll never know that. Oh, wow. I love all of these cards. Look at all that blue. This is so much about your throat chakra and your intuition and things like that. The existence card talks about being powerful and being out there yourself. And it also comes up when it's um, time to own your own business or to be a leader rather than a follower. So it's a lot about your spirituality. Great big changes going on internally. Mm -hmm. Okay, another call. And we have another caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello. Say hello. Hi. 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 My what? name is Jean. Hi, Jean. Jean. How are you? Good. How are you? Um, I have a, a business decision that I need to make very quickly, like within hours. And it affects everything that I do because it, it involves the software that I use every day that's, that's integral to every part of my business. And I'm curious if the cards have any guidance on that. Ah, okay. Well, the Innocence card is talking about 
um, going at this and, and looking at it more like a child, but a child with a lot of wisdom. And I would say the key to that is not to look at what could go wrong with each decision, but look what feels right right in the moment, like what serves you best right now, rather than looking ahead and trying to figure out if it's going to serve you later. Another thing is this laziness card. It reminds me of a card in another deck by Cheryl Richardson that says, if it's not an absolute yes, then it is a no. And so that's another thing that I would suggest that if you're having a hesitancy in either one of these directions or if things just aren't connecting or you're missing phone calls or something like that, that that is also a good uh, sign. And another thing is whichever one is going to be less externalized attention and work is, is better. I, I feel like what you're looking to do on another level is move in a direction that does, isn't constantly vying for your attention and that that is a good consideration to take in. And then the friendliness card, the one that is just perfect, again I see the gap between these two uh, beings that are partners. There's a gap, so it's going to be something that requires less of your everyday attention. So hopefully that will uh, give you some assistance there. Mm -hmm. Thank you for calling. And uh, we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays in Fairfax Circle shortly after the show. If you're out and about and would love to join us, then uh, do please come and join us. Um, we're going to, what's up this weekend? We um, have uh, Sunday is... Sekim. And um, full moon meditation with the bowls at 7 o'clock on Saturday. And then I'm doing some tuning fork um, body tune-ups on Sunday. And Sunday morning we're going to be out at uh, Terry Dearmore's Unity, Unity. in Chantilly. Chantilly. That at and least Neville will be there and I will be there on another occasion, but I may be there too. Uh-huh. And I'll be talking on the Trinity thinking and the... Uh, uh, death experience. And, and I will be talking about uh, emotional healing and on your spiritual path when mm -hmm. the day comes that I am there. Yeah. So, well, I'd like Excellent. to thank all of our callers tonight. As mm -hmm. usual, we had some incredible questions and feedback and, uh, and we food love for thought. And a lot of our viewers say they love when people call in and ask these questions yeah, because it exactly. gives them food for thought mm -hmm. for a long time, conversations. And, uh, uh, we lo love you for calling in. Please mm -hmm. call in. We'd love and to hear watching. from you. And it's very stimulating for the show. And it remember, you can is. get us on podcast mm -hmm. for free. Just download it. Uh, if you subscribe to Telepathic TV on iTunes, it will automatically, when you hug, uh, plug your iPod in, it will or automatically, or you hug your iPod, yeah. you will automatically download the most current show. And there's like 150 shows out there on video you can watch or audio. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, I um, did we have any other points? Stop having such My head low self-esteem. Yeah, love yourself. Yeah. Love yourself. And yeah. also, Believe you can in you. choose where you place your attention. Do you want to watch a video where a kid falls on a skateboard and breaks his arm? Even though it's or funny. Or do you want to love yourself? Yeah. You know, it's really not a bad or good thing. It's just watch your preferences and see what they're saying about you. Because you'll be amazed. No, no and, one's going to do and that. And how much of your preferences are really your mother's preferences or your best friends or your husband's or your wife's. Or the peer pressure preference. A PPP. Ooh, and and uh, Abby's dream, peer pressure of the doc. Docs are also peers. peers. So oh, interesting. Peer pressure. So yeah. 
Abby, Call back Abby next week and let's, yeah, let, let's do the second part of your dream because that yeah. was an interesting dream. We would love to and it'll assist everyone. Mm -hmm. It's our joy and honor to take you to the door. Thank you.